Our scripture reading this morning, our sermon study this morning is from the book of Numbers, uh, and you can find part of that in your in your bulletin. But it's also a great a great week to grab that black Bible. There's a bunch of them that are under the chairs. Uh, if some chairs got missed, there's more in the in the foyer uh, on the bookshelf. Uh, or if you're tech savvy, you can bring it up on your smartphone. Numbers nine. We're gonna look at a pretty big chunk of scripture. Not reading all of it, but but looking at it together. So that's why it's helpful sometimes to have the whole thing in front of you. Um, end of chapter 9, all of verse uh, chapter 10 is what we're going to look at, because it's all the same theme. God's people uh, beginning the journey. Uh, we've been studying numbers, and that generation of God's people who have been rescued out of Egypt, all right, out of slavery under Pharaoh, but they're not quite in the promised land yet. Uh, and and we, we pick up where Numbers uh, 9.15 begins is with God's people at the foot of Mount Sinai, in the Sinai wilderness. They've been there for almost a year. But now it's time for them to start the journey in earnest towards the promised land. And God describes to them how they're supposed to break camp, what it's going to look like to, for them to journey uh, and we'll see that there's a really important uh, lesson they need to learn uh, about the journey that he's sending them on. Uh, and it's important for us as well. So uh, let's begin. We're, we're not going to read all of it, but we'll read part of it. Uh, starting at chapter 9, verse 15. Uh, we'll read it a little bit into chapter 10, and then I'll explain a little bit of what happens from there. So let's begin by reading uh, Numbers 9, beginning at verse 15. On the day that the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of testimony. At evening, it was over the tabernacle like the appearance of fire until morning. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And whenever the cloud lifted from over the tent, after that, the people of Israel set out in the place where the cloud settled down, there the people of Israel camped. At the command of the Lord, the people of Israel set out, and at the command of the Lord, they camped. And as long as the cloud rested over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. Even when the cloud continued over the tabernacle many days, the, Lord of the, the people of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was, uh, was a few days over the tabernacle, and according to the command of the Lord, they remained in camp. Then, according to the command of the Lord, they set out. And sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning. And when the cloud lifted in the morning, they set out. Uh, or, if it continued for a day and a night, when the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether it was two days or a month or a longer time uh, that the cloud continued over the tabernacle, abiding there, the people of Israel remained in camp and did not set out. But when it lifted, at, lifted they set out. At the command of the Lord they camped, and at the command of the Lord they set out. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets of hammered work. You shall make them, and you shall use them for summoning the congregation and for breaking camp. If we kept reading, we would see more description about these silver trumpets, uh, that they, they had these uh, this purpose of calling God's people to break camp, that was one uh, of the calls that was used by these trumpets. The other call 
uh, was to gather God's people together. Uh, in fact, they're going to be used when they get into the land for gathering God's people, either for either for battle against an enemy, but also gathering God's people for one of the great times of fellowship and worship, the feast days of the Lord in the Old Covenant. Uh, so that's, that's the silver trumpets, verses 1 to 10 of chapter uh, 10. Then in verse 11 uh, of chapter 10, you start to read about them putting this into practice the very first time. So we'll read just a couple verses there, 10 to 11, uh, 11, and, 11 to 13 of chapter 10. Here's what this looks like. Uh, in the second month, or excuse me, in the second year, in the second month, on the 20th day of the month, the cloud lifted from over the tabernacle of the testimony, and the people of Israel set out by stages from the wilderness of Sinai. And the cloud settled down in the wilderness of Paran. And they set out for the first time at the command of the Lord by Moses. So this is the first time they actually do all this. Uh, the cloud lifts up, the, the trumpet sounds, the people break camp and they begin to move. And we're told this first time it's from the wilderness of Sinai over to the wilderness of Paran. Uh, we actually get the description of what this looks like. And we realize it's in stages. Uh, first, it's the, all the tribes that camp on the east side of the tabernacle. That's verses 14 to 16. Uh, then some Levites bringing some of the materials of the tabernacle. Uh, then it's the tribes on the south side. Then it's the Levites bringing the furniture of the tabernacle. That's uh, verse 21. Then it's all the tribes who camp on the west side, 22 to 24. Then finally, the, the, the tribes that camp on the north side, that's 25 to 28. Uh, we get a little discussion in 29 to 32 of Moses talking with his brother-in-law about uh, staying with them on the journey. And then we get this interesting conclusion, and I'll read these words to, to sum things up in 33 to 36. So they set out from the Mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was over them by day, Whenever they set out from camp, and whenever the ark set out, Moses said, Arise, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered, and let those who hate you flee before you. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, to the ten thousand thousands of Israel. Well, let's pray together. Lord, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's good and that it, it equips and strengthens your people. So we pray that you would equip each of us here this morning to know the good news and to, and to see, Lord, what does it look like to, uh, to rest in that and follow you, we pray. And give us grace. Use your spirit among us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A journey through the wilderness. So as I was meditating on this throughout the week, it had me thinking back to a journey I took through the wilderness, seventh grade. It was the seventh grade camping trip. This was something they did in our, uh, in our middle school, this ecology, biology program, where we take three days, they take everybody to the middle of the Pine Barrens in camps, uh, you know, cabins in one of the state parks, and, and there we would learn about the, about the ecology of the Pine Barrens and nature and so forth. And, and our fearless leader was Mr. Foot. Mr. Foot. He was one of these guys who, you know, just knew what to do. Strong, capable. You liked him, but you didn't mess with him. You know, one of those kind of guys. 
And one of his infamous activities on the camping trips was the famous night hike. So this was a hike in the middle of the night. No flashlights. So we'd set out. We did a couple hikes during the day, but no, no, this was at night. We'd set out, no flashlights, just the light of the stars and the moon. Uh, By the time your eyes got adjusted, it was just enough light so you didn't bump into the person in front of you or run into a tree. And, and we'd hike through the woods. So looking back at this journey through the, through the wilderness, what strikes me is it was, I wasn't that scared. I wasn't that scared. And you had to pay attention, right? It wasn't, it wasn't just a, a mindless journey. You had to make sure you didn't bump into the person in front of you or hit a tree. But, but, but it wasn't like panic fear. And thinking back this week, it dawned on me, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I wasn't afraid because you know, Mr. Foot was there. I didn't know where I was going, but he knew where he was going. So as, as long as we followed him, we were good. No fear. Just follow the guy who knows what he's doing. Follow the guy who's leading the way. And we're safe. Can I one more one more quick one? One more quick journey. This was a journey where I was very much afraid. So now I'm an adult. And um, another camping trip with some kids from youth group, middle of the night again, uh, and got to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. Initially, I think, no problem. I remember from the daytime where the bathrooms are, the, the wash house is, it's just down the path. So I start off down the path, probably get 100 yards, and I'm completely disoriented. And I have no idea which way to go towards the bathhouse or even which way to go back towards camp. And this time, I am scared. This time I do start to feel panicky. Uh, And I start to put those two journeys through the dark, through the wilderness, next to each other and say, one one I I wasn't scared and one I very much was scared. What was the difference? Well, in seventh grade, I had Mr. Foot. He knew the way. He could lead me. No fear. No problem. But when I was by myself, when there was no fearless leader, that's where things got in trouble. Here we have God's people. They're going through the wilderness. They don't know the way. Uh, and, and, and we sh- could ask, should they be afraid? Um, should they be afraid? Well, here are we as God's people in this day. We're on a journey through the wilderness. It's not a physical wilderness. It's a spiritual wilderness. But it's just as dark and barren, and and we could say how often uh, we don't exactly know the way. Should we be afraid? As we're, as we're journeying toward the heavenly promised land, of course, that's the spiritual analogy, right? If you're uh, trusting in Christ and you're, uh, you're part of God's people, God has set us free from slavery in Egypt, uh, but we're not yet in the heavenly promised land. So we're on that spiritual journey between uh, setting set free from Egypt and heavenly promised land. Should we be afraid on this journey? Uh, or we could ask it this way. If you're not afraid, uh, are you confident for the right reasons? Right? Are you confident for the right reasons? Well, as God guides his people Israel through the wilderness, and they set out on the very first time, he really emphasizes one key point. And, and I hope you got it as we read. It really kind of, the text really kind of again and again emphasizes it. 
The key to the journey through the wilderness is the one who is leading the way. That's why the people don't have to be afraid. That's why they're safe. That's why they're going to make it. The one who's leading the way. So let's begin there with the big point. God leads us through the journey. God leads us uh, through the wilderness. So here we have Israel. They've just finished building this elaborate tent, the, the tabernacle. Uh, it's, it's, you might remember, this, this holy tent because God's holy presence in a special way is going to dwell, is going to be manifest there in that tabernacle, that tent. And, and we're told exactly what it looks like. It's, it's this cloud by day. By night it looks like fire uh, that, that descends and comes above the, uh, the tabernacle, this tent. It's not any old cloud uh, or any old bit of fire. This is, this is a visual picture of the, of the glory presence of God. Right? You might remember, you've seen this other places in Scripture. Think of Moses at the burning bush. Right? There, was, there was a manifestation of God's special presence as the bush burned fire. And, uh, and this, they've already, we've already seen this cloud as they were on their way out of Egypt. Pillar of uh, fire by night, cloud by day. And here it is, we're told, it's this cloud, fire, it's over the tabernacle. And the people know exactly, so it's God right with his people. That's the picture. And they can see it. Day and night, they can see it. And the people know exactly when they are to leave. It's when and only when the cloud lifts and begins to move, right? So you get the cloud, cloud lifts above off the tabernacle. Okay, we break camp. Sound the trumpet, break the camp. Now we begin to move. And you heard that emphasized throughout chapter 9, that, that they moved when the cloud moved, and that's it. Uh, right? You see, you see the point. Yeah. God present with his people always. Uh, and it was that presence, whether it was uh, that, that, that marked them off and helped them along. And it guided their way, whether it was a day or a month in the same place, as long as the cloud stayed, they stayed. Uh, but the cloud began to move, sound the trumpet to break the camp, and begin to move out. You see the big point. God emphasizing to his people, God is with you. Every step along the journey, he's leading, he's guiding, he's emphasizing to his people, you don't need to be afraid. You can be confident, but be confident for the right reason. Look at the one who's with you. And they would look and get to see it. Ah, there it is, the cloud. There is, there is this presence of God. There is God himself uh, with us. It's like, it's like Mr. Foot on the night hike. I didn't have to be afraid, not because I knew where I was going, uh, not because I knew the woods, but because I knew the one who was leading. And he knew what he was doing. And so I'm safe. It's the same with God's people then. Of course, it's the, it's the same with us now. Uh, the, the same God is, is with us now on the journey through this world. And that's why we don't have to be afraid. That's why we can be peaceful. Uh, are you tempted to be afraid in the journey? Look at God who's with you. Are you tempted to be confident, uh, but maybe for the wrong reasons? Maybe, maybe you're thinking, ah, I got this. I know where I'm going. Uh, here's the reason to be confident. God is with you. But maybe you're, you're hearing a passage like this and you think, yeah, but it sure would be helpful to be like Israel, where I could actually see it. 
right? There's no cloud today. Wouldn't it be great to wake up and there was the cloud? Uh, or go to bed, oh, look, there's the fire. Like, well, how come we can't have that, God? That would be more encouraging. Actually, what we have now is better than what they had. Okay, you ready for it? We got, we're going to take a little journey. We've seen this throughout Numbers. To really understand uh, what, how this applies to us today, we, we don't just go back and do exactly the same thing, but we look at the Old Testament pictures, sermon illustrations, and say, okay, how does this show me Jesus? Uh, and and what, what I have in Christ today. So, uh, cloud, uh, pillar of fire in the wilderness, God present with his people. Well, how does that show us Jesus? Well, do you remember uh, how, how John introduces Jesus? How he's introducing uh, this, this one who was born? Uh, John, a little bit different than the other Gospels, doesn't tell the, the birth story with the angels. Instead, he talks about the word. The word who was with God and the word who was God. So God, the eternal, glorious son who's God, uh, the, the word who's God. And then he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. Right? Can, you hear, can you hear numbers there? Uh, the word God became flesh and dwelt among us. In fact, uh, even more literally, uh, the language there is the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Right. So what, what was pictured in that Old Testament tabernacle with the, the glory cloud and the pillar of fire, that tabernacle, uh, John says, yeah, that's, that's actually Jesus in fullness. Jesus, as he comes, God with his people, and he's right with us now. Here's the fulfillment. Here's the, here's the final greater tabernacle. It's Jesus walking among his people. But maybe you're continuing to, uh, to to scratch your head. Okay, that's great for the disciples, but I don't see Jesus today. Um, actually, it gets even better uh, because it's true. We don't you don't see Jesus today. Jesus, as God among us, came right. He died for our sins. He was raised up on the third day. He ascends into heaven. Uh, but but remember what Jesus said right before he ascended to heaven. Uh, we read it this morning. Uh, he's telling his disciples they have a, they have a mission. Uh, they have a, a journey. He's going to send them out, uh, send his church out, go and make disciples. He's going to send them on the journey. But do you remember what he says in the midst of that journey? He says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You hear numbers there, don't you? I'm with you. I'm going to send you out, but I'm with you. Okay, but then Jesus leaves. Is he with us? He just, he just ascended up into heaven, physically. He did, true. Um, but you remember, remember the next part of the story? Jesus uh, tells them, you're going to go on this journey, uh, but he emphasizes, but don't start the journey yet. Right? He tells them to stay put. Don't start the journey. Kind of sounds like, uh, kind of sounds like numbers. Wait. Wait until the time is right. And what are they supposed to wait for? They're supposed to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And sure enough, Acts chapter 2, the signal for them to begin the journey, the Spirit descends. Do you remember how the Spirit appeared above the disciples, God's people? It appeared as tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. Indicating the presence of God with his people. Right, The very same thing, the same image, the same picture in the Old Covenant uh, that were with God's people in the wilderness. Now you have New Testament church uh, now you have 
Uh, they're about to go on the journey, and what do they get? This, this picture of, it's not a pillar of fire, it's, it's a tongue of fire above their head. It's the same picture. And God is saying the same thing. I'm with you. Always. To the end of the age. You're not allowed to start out on the journey until, until, the, uh, in, until God indicates it. Here, look, he showed up. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit, the fullness uh, with us, present with us, so that along the journey, uh, we, have, we have God with us. We have this one guiding and leading, right? Actually, it's better than what they had in the Old Covenant. Because there, the, the pillar of fire, the cloud was always out there. But now, with the coming of the Spirit, Christ in us, it's, it's in us. Right? It's not cloud out there. It's now, it's, now it's presence of God in us. Uh, the Bible says that uh, you, your body is a, is a temple, a tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. So now it's not tabernacle out there. It's tabernacle in here. Or as God's people together, right? We're living stones as a temple of the Holy Spirit or a, or a tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. This is where it's, it's fulfilled. God is, God is now even closer, uh, even more powerfully present with us. Uh, and so you, you take all that, that biblical work and, and you, you just let it reinforce what God was reinforcing to the people back then. God is really with us. Right in the wilderness, right? It's dark, it's messy, uh, it's confusing, but God is saying powerfully, I am with you. This is why we don't have to be afraid. Uh, this is why we can be confident even if we don't know where we're going, even if we're not sure what danger lies around the corner, God emphasizes again, I am with you. So that's the big point. And that's what we spend more time on it. Uh, but there is, there is a couple follow-up uh, points, uh, an implication and a couple extra encouragements that we want to just quickly notice and, and spend some time with. So the big point, God leads us on the journey. The big implication is follow his lead. Follow his lead. And we, we did see that in, in Numbers 10 and 11, or, or 9 and 10, didn't we? Now, here's God going before his people, and, and we sure enough, we see Israel, what do they do? When the cloud lifts, they break camp. Cloud stops, they stop. Well, the best place to kind of get this snapshot again is uh, chapter 9, verse 23. At the command of the Lord, they camped. And at the command of the Lord, they set out. They kept the charge of the Lord. At the command of the Lord by Moses... Uh, See, so in other words, they do it, right? Cloud lifts, they go. Cloud stops, they stop. This is exactly the way it's supposed to supposed to go. God leads; His people follow. Very encouraging. Although we're actually going to realize that what Numbers is actually doing is setting us up for the big contrast, because uh, you have you have Israel nine and ten. Uh, they're following God's command. God leads; they follow. But then you get to Numbers eleven to fourteen. And they're pretty much doing the exact opposite. Now they start grumbling along the journey. Now they get to the edge of the promised land, and God says, okay, go. And they say, nope, not going. And then God turns to, turns them around and say, okay, we're going back to the wilderness. And now they say, okay, but now we want to go to the promised land. And God says, no, I don't go into the promised land now. I'm not with you. And they try it. They try to go without him. We're going to get to this. So basically, Numbers 11 and 14 is they're not going where God is leading. It's the exact opposite. And, he's, and then there's this sad news of, of that generation is going to die in the wilderness uh, because they are not following God's lead. 
so what do we do with that? Like, is this discouraging? Like, are, 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 are we just hoping we can do better than Israel? Uh, which, which were we more like? Are we more like the Israel 9 to 10? We're following God's lead or, uh, or Israel 11 to 14? We're, we're not following his lead? And by the way, when we're, we're talking, just as an aside, about, about following God's lead uh, in, the, in the New Covenant, obviously in the Old Covenant it was follow the cloud. What does that look like for us today? Uh, quickly, and we, and we could talk about this later if you have questions, uh, God leads us through his word, right? It, the, the, the light to our feet and the lamp to our path is his word. Now you go to Revelation uh, 1, and there you, you read of the, the trumpet uh, that John hears, and it's the voice of Jesus saying, write these things down, John. Right? The trumpet that sends God's people, write these things down. Right? So what, what, when we're talking about following God's lead, we're talking about following his word. God lays out, here's the path of holiness. Here's the path of love. Here's the path of witness. Here's the path of, of service. That's what we're talking about, following his word. Um, Okay, are we more like the 9 and 10 Israel? Following God, wherever, wherever he, he, whatever the path is. Or are we more like 11 and 14 Israel, not following him? The truth is, we're probably a little both. Um, more like the disobedient Israel than we probably care to admit. So, so is, there, is there hope for us? Is it just try to do better than they did and not die in the wilderness? Uh, and, and again, we circle back to Jesus, uh, where God takes us again and again. Because uh, Jesus is the Savior because he does this perfectly in our place, and then dies in our place. Now, we're going to see this as we get to Numbers 11 through 14. We're going to see how Jesus is the better Israel. You might remember, Jesus takes a journey through the wilderness, doesn't he? Remember, uh, it's highlighted after his baptism. Just like Israel is 40 years in the wilderness, so Jesus is 40 days in the wilderness. And you might remember how, how that's introduced. Jesus' time in the wilderness is introduced in the Gospels. It's introduced as the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. It's just like numbers. right? Holy Spirit leads. It's like the cloud lifting and Israel is supposed to follow. That they do for a little bit until they don't. And, and but, but here's Jesus and he does it perfectly. The Holy Spirit leads into the wilderness, he follows. And you see every step along the way, he's following God's commands, uh, even speaking them and rebuking temptation. All right, Jesus does it perfectly. And there's your hope and my hope, that Jesus does it perfectly in your place, in my place. And then he dies uh, in the wilderness so that we might not have to die in the wilderness. He takes our death. And now, and now we have his spirit. We have his forgiveness and we have his strength. Uh, to be able to trust him and his, his work for us, and to be renewed by this same Spirit who is in us uh, to strengthen us. Yeah, forgiveness for when we fail, and then new strength to more and more uh, walk in those ways of his word. More and more follow him down those paths of love and, and service uh, and witness and, and righteousness and holiness. Uh, so, so God is working in that. We don't, we don't do it with fear, like where we might die in the wilderness, like, like Israel. We do it in hope because we see the work of Christ. We're trusting in what he did and realizing the Spirit is changing us, uh, even as he leads us down these, these paths. So the big point, God is with us. The big implication, 
strengthened, forgiven in Christ, strengthened by the Spirit, we more and more strive to follow his lead. And then two just quick encouragements along the way. Uh, things to note that are just should encourage us as we go. One, we have each other on the journey. And two, there is a final trumpet. So quick, we have each other. It's important to note, as God leads through the wilderness, he leads his people as a people. He's not an individual trail guide, taking individual Israelites on journeys. He leads his people as a people. Back then, and with us today. Uh, he, he's, he's certainly at work in us as individuals, but, but he's guiding us together. Uh, and that's a, that's a great blessing that, 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 like my night hike in the wilderness, uh, the one where I wasn't afraid, I have other people that I can follow. Not only the great guide at the front, uh, but others that I can just follow in their footsteps and be encouraged uh, because they're pressing on too. And that's the, that's the Church of Christ. Uh, we, we take this journey together. Uh, and yes, we're going to frustrate one another. Uh, that's, that's life. And, and we work on that and we deal with that. But, but we also have the privilege of being able to encourage one another. On the journey. You remember what Hebrews 10 says. Why is it that we, we don't fail to gather together? Why is it that he says, don't, don't forsake the assembly together, right? Don't, for, don't miss meeting together. Why? He says, so you can stir one another up to love and good deeds. Right? We need to be getting together because I need you to encourage me. Uh, and we need to encourage one another. And that's exactly what God has. It's a, it's a privilege. We have each other on the journey. And then finally, this encouragement, as we read of, uh, of trumpets sounding for God's people to set out, uh, the encouragement from God's word is, yeah, there's actually a final trumpet. Right? You get what this would look like for Israel. Uh, trumpet after trumpet. Trumpet, okay, break camp. They settle for a while. Another trumpet, okay, break camp again. And break camp again, and they keep journeying and journeying and journeying. Forty years, they do this. Uh, another trumpet, okay, get up again, and they keep going. And you get to the end of God's word. You get to the new covenant, and all of a sudden, we read about a final trumpet that's going to sound. It's the return of Christ. It's Christ coming in the fullness of his kingdom, in the fullness of his glory. Uh, but you read it in light of numbers, and you realize what it is, is... Uh, this is the final trumpet. The journey's done. Uh, we've arrived. And that day is coming. Uh, and what an encouragement along the way. What can feel so long and feel like there's, there's more to do and more to go. Uh, God's saying, yeah, there, there's going to be this final trumpet. And for God's people, it's not a fear uh, of judgment. If you don't know Christ, then that final trumpet is scary. So you need a Savior. You need to trust in Christ and his work for you. But if you're, if you're trusting in Christ, that final trumpet is, the journey's over. The journey's over. Uh, it's, it's, it's this eternal gathering together and worshiping him. Uh, so along the way, as we, as we struggle and we follow him, realize ah, there, there's going to be that final trumpet that's going to sound. The day of rest uh, and, and rejoicing and celebrating is, is coming. So along the journey through the wilderness, and it will feel like a wilderness, God encourages us that we can not be afraid, that we can be confident. Why? Look at the one who's with us. Look at the God who's leading us. And, and strengthened by the forgiveness in Christ, brothers and sisters, let's follow his lead together. Let's encourage one another. 
uh, strengthened and encouraged and having his spirit, his forgiveness. Uh, let's follow the Lord in the ways of his word, knowing that the journey will end and there will be this peace and rest in the land to come. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you are, you are good and that you are powerful and that you are near to your own. And that we can take that to heart uh, in, our, in our very circumstances as, as individuals and as a people. Uh, Lord, we're thankful for this goodness. Remind us, help us to, uh, to gaze again and again on, on who you are uh, as the God with us. Uh, and that, may that encourage and build us up. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.